Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. You know, we love to look in a mirror, don't we, all of us? Every time there's an election in Canada in a province where I was looking for signs, oh, what does it mean? Are we, are we moving to the right? Are we moving to the left? Who are we getting kicked out? What's, what's working? And all sorts of election teams just focusing on what turned the election. I know over a year ago when the election happened in Nova Scotia, it was a big deal across the country because it was a bomb went off and it wasn't supposed to be that way. And, you know, it was about housing and it was about health care, housing, two H's, and the whole country paid attention. Now, of course, we're looking at Alberta and seeing what's working, what's changing mind. Plus, we have these wildfires. We have a crisis on our hands, and that really affects uh, the issues. It certainly goes to the top of the, the chain here. We have some new polling out. We're going to talk about the polling and why the Alberta election is doing whatever it's doing right now. Lori Williams is joining us, a political scientist with Mount Royal University. Lori, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Arlen. All right, just uh, let's talk about the tone and the feel here a little bit. And we have a provincial election campaign, which is interesting enough in Alberta. We have somebody who had the job before and wants it back, and that was an explosion when Rachel Notley won. And then we have a forest fire situation at the same time. And so the issues and the governance is kind of under more scrutiny here. Lori, how, how is that affecting as you watch things? How's it affecting what we're seeing right now, in your opinion? I, I don't know that I see a, a, an obvious or dramatic impact yet. But of course, uh, the wildfires are unfortunately looking like they're going to get worse. And it is going to be a bit of a a test of of managing during an election. If if uh, if the management goes well, that could be an advantage to Danielle Smith because, of course, she's the one who has her, her finger on the pulse of what the government is doing about the the wildfires. Um, but a, a foot set set wrong could could certainly hurt her. And and uh, so, on the one hand, we've got the possibility that could just fill in the narrative of a, of a continuing series of errors that has a negative effect, or it could reverse some of the the momentum of those errors. Okay, we're talking about the momentum. Uh, polls, we know, are snapshots in time, but we talk about them anyway, and I just wanted to throw it out there that we both realize that. Lori, we're seeing in some of the latest polling that the independents may be swinging a little bit to the left. What do you make of these latest numbers? Well, I, again, it's early, and there's still quite a lot that could happen during the election campaign. Um We've seen a number of campaigns. I'll take 2012 as an example, where it looked like people were moving in one direction. And then um, in, the, in the last day or two prior to the election, even as people were walking into the polling booth, they were making the decisions to move in a different direction. Um, having said that, though, um, there are a lot of people that are, that are expressing concern. Uh, and some of that concern is centering around competence. And you know, there's some recent uh, data that's suggesting that people have more faith in Rachel Notley to deal with natural disasters than they do in, in Danielle Smith. So that's the kind of thing that can sort of begin to shift the momentum in, in the direction of the, of the NDP. And I think the appeal that Rachel Notley is making mm-hmm. uh, to conservative voters and the fact that a number of prominent conservatives are distancing themselves from 
from uh, Danielle Smith and saying she's not a conservative, and even so, going so far as uh, Jeremy Farkas uh, saying that she's she and her her uh, the candidate she's running are dangerous. Um, I think that might be having some effect, but again, it, it, there's lots that could happen to, that could turn it a, a different direction. Well, let's face it. I mean, when the shots are coming from in the House, it's never good during an election no. campaign. Let's dwell on that for a little bit, Lori. And I know Ken Bosenkubel coming out with mm-hmm. a, a very critical piece as well. Again, from within your own party, whoa, that is kind of the last thing you want. Well, during it, a it is coming from within in one sense, but there's also a split within or amongst conservatives, let's say. that That's the split that was was meant to be papered over by the United Conservative Party. And it's pretty clear that that hasn't succeeded. And so we've got a lot of sort of more moderate conservatives, um, the folks who who generally have voted conservative historically, um, who are now looking at whether this party represents their values and their aspirations for the future. And increasingly, increasingly the answer to that question from those who have those more moderate conservatives, increasingly the answer is, no, this isn't the party. On the other hand, you've got folks like Take Back Alberta. I'm just going to bring that Those mm-hmm. folks, yeah, these are the people who are trying to push the party in the direction that they think it should be going in. Um, and we're seeing that they've got increased influence in Alberta. And uh, and again, some are raising alarm bells about that. And others are saying, well, it's moving conservatism in, in a new direction, which they think it should be going in. It I'm is. It is. By the number of people, mm-hmm. the number of people I'm seeing saying that they they can't bring themselves to vote for this conservative party. Yeah, and they're being vocal about it, mm-hmm. very, very vocal about it. And uh, you know, it's something that we've seen here, though. Let's talk a little bit more about Take Back Alberta because mm-hmm. they are the other extreme, as you say that. And that word's so loaded now. I just mean it in the original, in the original meaning of the word. But there is a pressure, and it is deep and hard. We've seen it, and I'm just going to talk about the elephant in the room here. We see this in the United States of America, Lori. Is there an emulation happening? Yeah, I think there is a lot. I mean, we've seen it in Daniel Smith expressing admiration for uh, uh, governors in uh, in the United States, like Ron DeSantis. Um, you know, she clearly lines up with them on on a number of issues, and and again, those issues don't line up with with the conservatism that has been most influential in, in Alberta historically. Um, but we're also seeing. Um, you know, for example, in some of these these videos out associated with David Parker, uh, who's the leader of the Take Back Alberta movement, he's mm-hmm. claiming credit for getting rid of Jason Kenney for installing uh, mm-hmm. uh, Daniel Smith, and he's also claiming that um, things like uh, uh, the NDP or the left are are anti-human, and that human beings are merely carbon to be destroyed, uh, and that women ought not to work but rather should have babies. Like, not the sort of thing that's this likely to appeal to a, a moderate conservative. Um, you look at the Take Back Alberta website, they want an Alberta pension, yeah. an Alberta police force. These are not things, again, mm-hmm. that polling shows that mo- most Albertans are in favor of. So the more the Take Back Alberta um, policies or agenda are known and their power is appreciated, I think it's, it's uh, causing people, as I mentioned before, like, like Jeremy Farkas saying that, uh, that it's actually dangerous. 
Yeah, and and that is certainly going to hit people as they decide how they're going to vote. What's it doing? Is it blowing up the party system there? Because there's there's a battle within the party, and it's a big one. Mm-hmm. It is no small thing. Is this what's it doing to the conservative party and their messaging? It's pretty tough to get a message out because you clearly, Lori, don't you have to pick a lane if both of these things are quite vocal? Daniel Smith would have to pick where she is on that. Right. And she's trying not to. She's trying to appeal yeah. to different people. And this is something the Progressive Conservative Party did for decades was they had a big tent party that included a number of different uh, values and principles and so forth and sort of moved left and right to where the majority of Albertans were. Now you've seen since the wild rose sort of splintered off uh, on the right um, that there are really deep divisions. Some of these folks fought against one another when they were separate parties. Jason Kenney managed to bring them together, but it wasn't a happy alliance. And it's not just Wild Rose, former Wild Rose and former PC divisions. There are divisions between libertarians and social conservatives. Um, you know, the, the lines of, or the, of the fractures, if you like, within the party are actually numerous, and it, it makes it a huge challenge for anybody to, to effectively lead, because what you tend to see happening, as we saw with Jason Kenney, um, any move that you you made <laughs> would annoy one faction or another within the party, and even with the broader electorate, which makes it pretty difficult to govern. How fascinating, Lori. Have you ever seen anything like this? You know, as a country, we've been really focusing on what we call polarization. It could be tribalism. There's a million words that we can use. But here, you know, as you just laid out and we're discussing, we're seeing it be used as a weapon in the real time of an election. And we are seeing the dilemma this puts in a leader, but yet at the same time, Lori, we've had things, ladies, can we call them gaffes or blasts from the past? Daniel Smith saying, oh, that was when I was a talk show host. That's what talk show hosts do, may I say, as uh, as a talk show host. <laughs> no, they don't. This is uh, not something every talk show host does because she said, oh, you kind of, I think it was one time she said, sometimes you sort, sort of make things up. Laurie, how is that affecting it here? Is, you know, was we all knew during the leadership campaign that you have to say one thing, but then you got to deal in reality. Reality's here right now. Right. Well, and even in the leadership campaign, she was appealing to those those sort of take back yes. Alberta folks, the ones that she mm-hmm. knew could could sort of push her over the top to victory. Remember, she won just barely over 50 percent on the seventh, sixth ballot. Um, and, uh, you know, so her, her support um, with Albertans in general was relatively low. She's tried to keep the support of those take back Alberta folks because they'll turn on her if she doesn't. Uh, they've done it to Jason Kenney and they're threatening, I think, to do it to her as well. Um, but then to try to reach out to more moderate conservatives has proven to be would have been a challenge anyway. But then you've got this, you know, regular release of another video or audio mm-hmm. uh, recording of, of something that she said that's highly controversial. Um, you know, for example, she said a number of controversial things about health care, and she's got three panels. They're going to advise her on what to do with the health care system, and they aren't going to report until after the election. It's a pretty tough combination to present to voters and say, you know, trust me, it's not, I didn't mean what I said before. Uh, trust me, I, I, I do support public health care, and I'll tell you how I'll do that after the election. That, that makes it a pretty tall order. 
I know a few things are being punted past the election, and clearly that's a symptom, Lori, maybe because if you weigh in, you're going to lose. You know, as politicians who are watching this, this is all we've been looking at Pierre Polyev is the same Mm -hmm. thing going to be a challenge. You know, he had to really move over there to get the gig. He got the gig and now uh, advisors have to be saying, uh, you know, you you need to add, it's about addition. And so you need to appeal to these people. What lessons do you think are there for other conservative leaders or other leaders who are trying to straddle the fence? Well, to some degree, the dynamics nationally are different than they are here mm-hmm. in Alberta, but, but some of the same uh, challenges exist. You've got uh, a merged conservative party with one wing of that party uh, really fed up with not, not getting what they want, um, not willing to sort of go along and, and compromise, really sort of trying to push on the principles that they think are important and essential for their support. And it's difficult to see how you can hold that support and, and, and appeal to a broad enough uh, sector of the electorate to actually win. Um, Daniel Smith seems to be thinking that all she needs to do is get a few seats in Calgary and pick up those 41, or a good proportion of the 41 rural, rural Alberta seats, and, and that's all she needs. And, of course, that's got folks in some of the smaller municipalities, even um, the rural so-called municipalities, municipal districts uh, that, that are worried about what that's going to mean um, for them. I don't know if the strategy ultimately is going to work, but the path to victory, because of the number of rural seats, is a little easier for, uh, for Daniel Smith than it is for Rachel Notley. All right. So this is, uh, you know, she did try to, that's how she got the votes, as you've just explained. But now it's a referendum on her leadership here, there's an opening, isn't there, for handling this wildfire crisis that mm-hmm. could make people see things in a different way. It looks to me like it's, I mean, I just talked about those two doors. There may be another door there. It's called leadership in a crisis. Yep, absolutely. Because I would say the biggest issue for most people is health care. The second most important is affordability. And, and the third is leadership. And you can talk about all the things you're going to do, but you've got to, you've got to inspire trust and, and, and confidence in your ability to actually accomplish those things. And that's been a real problem for Danielle Smith up until this point. It's possible she could turn uh, a few folks around if she is effective in dealing with the wildfire um, or wildfires, frankly. Um, so, I mean, as I say, there's room for, for things to shift in, in, uh, in her direction potentially, but we don't have a lot of examples of people who are trying to do that kind of leadership in the course of an election. And so that delicate balance of trying to effectively lead in a crisis without looking like you're, you're uh, playing for votes, because if it looks like it's opportunistic, uh, that can really offend a lot of folks. It is. You have to strike the right tone. I, I referenced Katrina a lot. It was one of the first times we just went, wow, one thing some pictures can do you in, Lori, in these circumstances, yeah. Yeah. can't it? I mean, just a picture. Yeah. No, no, there's no question. It's, it's, uh, it, it can be very, very delicate and tricky. Um, and so far, it looks like uh, Danielle Smith's advisors are just trying to keep her uh out mm-hmm. of trouble, keep her from mm-hmm. being in situations where she, she says or does something that creates more trouble for her. Um, so it's 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 not the sort of thing she has demonstrated the, the kinds of instincts that are necessary to pull off. 
but on the other hand, if she's just in uh, you know, briefings about what's happening with the wildfire and photo ops with folks that are struggling, um, then potentially it's it's something that she can she can na- navigate successfully. But again, the question becomes whether that's going to be what people vote on the basis of or one of these other issues. Because for people that support Danielle Smith, mm-hmm. um, these or, or the agenda that she's putting forward, her leadership isn't the issue. And we're actually hearing that some some of her uh, her ground people are saying when they're going to doors, don't don't uh, don't worry, um, vote for us, and we'll get rid of Danielle Smith after after the election. Um, and I think some people mm. are maybe being persuaded by that. It's it, it, this is really an odd election in that we've got prominent conservatives recommending that you not vote conservative, and people knocking on doors in in areas like Calgary, uh, saying that that Daniel. Yeah, don't worry, we'll we'll get rid of her, but later on. If you want to hear more. Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.